Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Amen. The Gospel according to John, chapter 4, starting at verse 16, you will find these words. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Saints of God, I just want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought. The third elephant in the room is lifestyle. Lifestyle. The third elephant in the series of lessons on the three elephants in the room is lifestyle. Uh, metaphorically speaking, the room uh, that I am referring to is the church. The church, amen. Uh, the elephants that plague the church, at least three. Uh, we have studied the elephant of racism, amen. The second elephant of bad religion, amen. And now the third elephant of lifestyle, of lifestyle. The book of John is written by the Apostle John to portray Jesus as God. God who, who knows all things and does all things well. Amen. 
the God who never sleeps nor slumbers. Amen. Even though the God of the universe, amen, is now wrapped in the flesh of man, yet he is still God. Jesus Christ, 100% God and 100% man. He is the only normal man. And when I say normal, I mean man who walks like man ought to have walked. Adam walked like man ought to have walked before the fall of man. But after the fall, all mankind have fallen short of the glory of God. Except one, and his name is Jesus, amen, who kept the righteous standard. He said that he came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Amen. And in him, all things have been fulfilled. Therefore, when we put our faith in him, we fulfill the law through him. Amen. Amen. He is our way out of no way. And it is interesting that it is this Christ, it is this way out of no way that is continuing to confront us in this text with issues in the church, amen, elephants in the room, amen, the, the racist element, amen, that elephant in the room, uh, the bad religion have come up with other religions because we cannot get along with one another. And finally, we reach lifestyle, lifestyle. Well, we, we know the tension in the text here is the fact that Samaritans and Jews have no dealing. Uh, the whole division between the Samaritans and the Jews happened back in the days of the son of uh, Solomon, whose name was Rehoboam. During the reign of Rehoboam, he was a hard-headed king. He would not listen to wise counsel. Amen. He would not, as the Bible says, find his wisdom amongst a multitude of counselors. No, he had to have it his way. Him and a few of his buddies, amen, his contemporaries, not old enough to have known what they were supposed to be doing and too young to know they didn't know what they were doing. And so they began to do things, amen, in the kingdom that caused tension within the, the citizens of the kingdom, amen. And they uh, raised taxes and raised revenue and raised uh, uh, burdens upon the people to such an extent that 10 of the tribes of uh, Israel decided to take their hats and go. Amen. They decided that we're going to pick up our stuff and we're going to make our own kingdom because we are tired of King Rehoboam. He puts on burdens that we cannot bear. So they broke apart and under the, the leadership of King Jeroboam, amen, they were in the northern side. But this caused a problem, amen, that even they didn't realize. This caused the problem now because the people were divided. They introduced bad religion because they didn't want to have the same religion as the southern kingdom in which they were fighting against. And the problem with that is, is that God decreed and declared that worship would be done at Jerusalem. But it's going to be hard to worship at Jerusalem if you hate those who are in Judah. Amen. 
So what ended up happening is that the northern kingdom created their own religions in Bethel and Dan. Amen. They set their religious sites on those areas, which ended up with apostate uh, uh, doctrine and, and, and idol worship all over the place. Amen. It's Jesus Christ in the pre-incarnate form who called them harlots. He says that harlot Israel in the treacherous Judah. Because Judah, amen, for, their, for all that they weren't, they at least had that piece right. But they had their problems just the same. Amen. And so God was not saying that Judah was blameless. Amen. And that all the blame would be on Israel. But, but they both had a problem. But the problem so much with the northern kingdom is that they had gone into idolatrous worship. Worshiping of other gods. So time went along and the Lord sent prophets to them to preach to them. And finally the prophet Isaiah prophesied of the end of the northern kingdom. He prophesied how the Assyrians would come in and destroy the northern kingdom so that the northern kingdom would be no more. And it was very shrewdly that the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom. They destroyed them by taking some of the Israelites out and replacing them with pagans. Placing them with folks from other nations who worshipped other gods. And so as time went on, the identity of the northern kingdom was lost. And so therefore, that the northern kingdom was no more. But then down in the southern kingdom, they were under attack as well. And they barely survived themselves by the skin of their teeth. If it had not been for the Lord on their side, amen, they would have been dismantled as well. But the Lord kept them, not because they were so good, but because of his promise to Abraham, amen, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that a seed would come through that lineage that would be a blessing to all nations. And and that seed is Jesus Christ. So Judah was preserved because it would be the pathway by which Jesus would come. Not because they were so good, but because Jesus was just that good. Amen. But, that, but the problem comes is that now that they have been divided, amen, they've got bad religion and they've got racism. Amen. The Jewish people believed that they were better than the Samaritans. Amen. They looked down upon them. Amen. And in some ways they oppressed the northern people. Amen. 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 They treated them like second class citizens. So therefore, that's why the woman said, with just cause, she says, why are you here? You know that Jews and Samaritans, they have no dealings. So by this time, amen, things had really set in. Things had really solidified the division between the north and the south. Amen. By this time, amen, Judah itself had been deported and had been brought back again. Amen. But yet they were still intact. But no longer was the northern kingdom intact. And now the northern kingdom was looked down upon saying that you mixed breed, that you're, you're not good enough. You're, you're less than God's people. But the Samaritans kept saying, no, we have the blood of 
God in us. We are of Abraham's children. Amen. And we have Jacob's well here to prove it. It's at this well where this conversation is going on between Jesus and the woman. So we look at the text and we've seen Jesus has, has confronted a lot of issues. And, and it's amazing how Jesus gets to the crux of a matter. He doesn't waste any time. He doesn't pull any punches. He just goes right to it. If we look at our text, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Now, you know God being God. You know Jesus being God. He already knew the score. He already knew what kind of relationship the woman was in. And God already knows what kind of lifestyles we live. But he'll still confront us. He'll still call us out for that which we are doing. God will find us where we are and he will expose us. He will show us ourselves, amen, and let us know that he knows what we're doing. And the woman, the, the woman, amen, this, this situation, amen, call for her to be honest. And guess what? When God calls us out, he calls for us to be honest too. Amen. When God calls us out in our situations, amen, he calls us out to be honest. Because in reality, when he calls us out, he's not calling us out to hurt us. He's calling us out to heal us. Amen. amen. So let's look at the text. He, he says, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. The woman starts right being honest. Amen. She has no husband. Now, now I, you know, we can look at this text academically. Amen. But just put yourself in that position. Just put yourself in that position to be confronted with Jesus at this time. You, you know you got some stuff going on that, that ain't right. And now the master has called you right out in your situation and you begin to, to, to uncover and you begin to uh, uh, unearth your stuff. She didn't say the whole story, but even what she said had to be painful. Because when the Lord begins to convict, it goes on deep on the inside. I, I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. So, so the master is going inside. He, he's going in the crevices, in the, the places to get that stuff out of us that, that needs to be removed. Amen. There, there, there are some things that God is molding and making and shaping and rearranging. Sometimes he has to break us before he can make us. Amen. And, and so the woman says, I, I have no husband. Jesus says to her, you have well said, I have no husband. So first Jesus acknowledges, you're telling me the truth. You being truthful right now that you don't have a husband, do you? And she said, no, master, I don't, I don't have a husband. I, Lord, I, I don't have a husband. He says, you're truthful there. But Jesus don't, don't want us to stop just on the outskirts. When, when he comes into our house, he, he, he just doesn't want us to stop with the living room. 
He, he wants to, to get back in our bedrooms and into our closets, into our kitchens. He, he wants to go in and do some reconstructive surgery. Amen. He wants to do some rehabilitation, some renovation of our houses. So, so he didn't just stop at the living room. If you notice in the text, look at the text. He says in verse 18, he says, For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. Jesus didn't stop at the living room. He just went all the way back into the bedrooms, into the closets, bathrooms, kitchen, everywhere. Master bath, master bedroom. He just goes all down in your business. Amen. So you might as well just be honest with God from the very start because he's going to find out anyway. Amen. Because he knows everything. And really when he confronts us, it's not like he needs us to explain anything to him. But it's in our explanation to him that it's for our benefit. The more authentic and truthful we are with God, the better we are off because now the Lord has something to work with because we're not hiding anything. David said, David said, he, after he had done some of the trickery and wickedness he'd done, he, he said, I was hiding secret sin, he said. Oh, but, but, but as I hid in that secret sin, my, 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 my body, it waxed old. It, David was still a young man, but, but he felt like he was 100 years old because he had secret sin. Secret sin, it, it'll kill you. It's like a cancer. It's like a bad terminal disease. Amen. And he said, I, I had to go before the Lord. He, he said, he said, he said uh, uh, Lord, he said, I have sinned against thee and thee only. See, that's where we get Psalm 51 from. It's when David realized that him trying to hide his sins, it just wasn't going to work out for him. It was going to kill him. Amen. So he said, Lord, I have sinned against thee and thee only. Amen. And at that point, he could start the process of healing because he said, create in me, O Lord, a clean heart <laughs> that I might not sin against thee. See, you, you can't come to a solution until you first admit there is a problem. Amen. Amen. And so God is working here. He's working on us. He's working on the woman in the text. Now, now here's something else. That, that you ought to be mindful of. Uh, that the Jews and the Samaritans, they had no dealings, right? So that means they had no dealings, amen. They tried not to have commerce, amen. They tried not to have religion. They tried not to have societal relationship either, amen. So in the Samaritan world, amen, they did not even believe the same as it relates to what marriage was all about. Amen. So in the Samaritan world, they had all kind of strange ideas about how marriage could work. It, they didn't have the same ideas about marriage as the, the Judeans did through uh, the law where that, that marriage was supposed to be a permanent thing. Amen. And that the only way that they were to uh, uh, have a divorce is by having a writ of divorce. But that the Lord's heart was never in that from the first place. 
Amen. So they had all kinds of reasons why they could get married and get divorced in the northern, if you will, kingdom. And so Jesus is piercing right through their societal norms and looking right at their situation. You know, as I think about our society today, our society got some new norms, amen, that has nothing to do with scripture either. We're, we're living in a world today where a societal norms is that uh, a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman, uh, they, 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 their union should be blessed and that all of this should be pleasing unto man and unto God. Amen. We, we live in a society, amen, that has turned right into wrong and wrong into right. Amen. We have this thing called situational ethics, too, that says, you know, it depends upon the situation what your ethics are. So in this particular situation, you know, your ethics is one thing, and in this situation, your ethics is another. There's no uh, solidification of ethics. There's no absolutes. Amen. Everything is relative. See, we're not so much different today here in the United States of America as it was in the days of Samaria. Uh, we, had society, we got societal norms that do not line up with Scripture. Amen. So it's causing a, a, a ruckus. It's causing chaos in our world. But Jesus is still piercing through the noise and still piercing through to us with the truth. That we can't just do any and everything and be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. I, I don't care what the president says, the government says, don't care what's in the law books up in Washington, D.C., God's law still transcends man's law. Amen. And you can't do any and everything and be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Folk want to just do what they want to do and then say, God, but... The United States of America said it's all right, so it better be all right with you. No, it's the other way around. God first, America second. Amen? Amen. So, so, so we're, not, we're not so uh, um, caught off guard about some of the situations that are going here. We're not in, in a place where we don't understand how societal norms can, can make a mess out of, a, uh, out of a civilization, can make a mess out of a community, can make a mess out of a world. Amen. And, and so we're in this text and, and, and Jesus is dealing with her lifestyle. So far, we, 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 they, have, they have been dealing with this issue of spirituality. Amen. And now Jesus is dealing with her lifestyle because Jesus knows if she's going to ever be what he's calling her to be in Samaria, she's got to deal with her issues. And you know what? If we're going to ever be what God is calling us to be, we got to deal with ours too. If we're going to ever walk the way God has called us to walk, we got to deal with our issues. We've got to take them to the master, amen, because he's really the only one that can do anything about it. But you know, sometimes in our lives, amen, that we have these issues that we should hate, but we really love. There's some issues that in our lives that we know ain't right with the Lord, but 
we, we hold on to them tight because, you know, they make us feel good. You know, if, if I do this or I go there or, you know, I think about this or, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's just between me and, and, and somebody. I mean, it won't hurt nobody. But, but you don't know what your sin is doing, how it's hurting for. See, that's the thing about sin, amen, is that you don't know what the repercussions of your sin is. Even when it seems harmless, it seems like nobody will be hurt. It's just you and your sin. Lo and behold, at the time that you least expected, that sin hurt somebody else in some way, in some degree. Because sin is relentless. Sin has an insatiable appetite to eat up everything in its way. That's why this third elephant in the middle of the room is so sinister. And that elephant sits uh, cuddled uh, in the backdrop, amen, of the other two elephants. Because the other two elephants are what bring, or what starts this lifestyle problem in the first place. Amen. It starts with bad religion. Amen. It starts, some of it starts out of racism to bad religion to lifestyle. All of this comes into place. There are folk out here right now, amen, who are trying to live a lifestyle where they're portraying out of their mouth that they're following the law, amen, but they're doing anything else but the law. Amen. Amen. They're doing anything else and they've even decided to break the law into pieces. And the Bible says if you're going to do one, you need to do them all. Amen. So we're back in the text and we, we deal with this issue that, that the Lord said, now you started out good. She said, you told me the truth that you have no husband. But I want you to know that none of your sins are hidden from me. That's what he's saying. He's saying to her, you know, I appreciate you being authentic. I appreciate you being truthful. Because you could have lied about your sin when you said I have no husband. But you didn't. But I want to let you know that not only do I see that, I see everything else too. And he's saying that to us as well. He said, don't run around trying to hide your sin from me. Bring them to me. I know about them anyway. But the only way you're going to be healed, amen, is if you bring your problems to me. See, I'm not going to push myself upon you. You are going to have to bring yourself to me. Amen. And so the Lord lets her know, I, but I, I see it all. He said, I, I, I know you said right, but I want you to know that I haven't missed anything. Then in verse 19, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship. Now watch this. This allows you, to, allows you and I to know because we really know for ourselves when the Lord confronts us that the painfulness of confronting sin will cause you to shunt the conversation. Look at the tape. He's talking about the husbands. She gives him a compliment and then changes the subject. Y'all see that? That's because when God confronts us in our sin, it hurts. And when he does that, we want to change the subject. We want to do something else because it's hurting too bad. Can somebody give me some salve and let me run some direction? Because it's not easy to deal with our sin. So she says, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this 
mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Remember I said this bad religion is a source of the lifestyle issue. She's worried about where worship is to be done more than it is who she's supposed to be worshiping. And you know what? A lot of times we get caught up in where we're to worship and versus who we're worshiping. Amen. I go to this church or I go to that church. This is where I go to church. Well, is it the church or is it the God who's supposed to be represented by the church? Amen. Amen. And so Jesus is saying, okay, let me straighten this out. Jesus said, she says, our fathers worship on this mountain. The Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. So Jesus is giving her a prophetic message that things are about to change. That's not how worship is going to continue. Amen. That God sees a chink in this armor and he's getting ready to fix it. But you know what? Here's where I get messed up is what Jesus says next. Jesus says, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. When you look at that text, it looks like Jesus is being very harsh to this woman. It looks like Jesus is being classist or, or, or racist himself. Like, what? You, you Samaritan, you don't know nothing. No, but that's not what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is saying here is that the, the source, the, the word of God is coming out of the Jews. That is what God's desire was for first Salvation comes from the Jews and then to the Greeks. Amen. Paul the Apostle says that in the first chapter, amen, of Romans. He says, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to whomever believes to the Jew first then also to the Greek. So it's not Jesus being classist or racist here. He's just stating the facts. Is that where the, the religion of the Jews is the religion at which God now sanctions? And it's the, it's the one that God now says, this is the right one right here. Amen? And so Jesus is saying, right now, this stuff y'all are doing here in, in, uh, in Samaria, mm -mm. That you worship what you do not know because these idols y'all worshiping all around here and, ben, and Dan and Bethel and y'all over here on this mountain and uh, you, you talk about Jacob's well but who, who is Dagon? Who is these other idols you got going on here? He said, y'all don't even know who you're supposed to be worshiping over here. But, but the Jews, we, we have the right God. Amen. We got the right God and we have the right place where worship is to be done. But the good news of this text is that Jesus said, that's coming a day and an hour when neither one of them places will matter. Because worship will be coming from the inside. You won't be looking here or there for the church because the church will be inside of you. That's what Jesus was saying to the woman. And so we look at the text and he says, but the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. The Father has always been looking for folks who will worship him 
in spirit and in truth. That, that not only will they have mouths who mild profession of faith in him, but a walk that aligns up with it. That when you worship in spirit and in truth, that your walk will match your talk. If you say that you love the Lord and worship him, your walk should align up with it. He says, they that worship him in spirit and in truth, not in relativism, not in societal norms, but in spirit and in truth, not according to what's in the law books of the United States of America or any other country, amen, but according to the word of God. There is coming an hour, amen, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For our Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Once again, as we talked about in Sunday school, it's the same idea. That you are not saved by your relative uh, associations. Amen. Well, my mama was a, 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 a mother on the motherboard and, and she went to church all the time. So I'm saved too. Well, I, I've got my name on the membership roll. No, no, no. Those who really are the Lord's have his spirit. I'm reminded as I talked about in Sunday school of Romans chapter 8 that says if you have not his spirit then you're not his. It doesn't matter how many services you've gone to, how many Bible studies, how many Sunday schools, how many charities you've helped. If you have not God's spirit, you are not his. Jesus is setting up the new standard. When he said that a new thing was coming, this is the new thing. This is the new covenant that's coming through Jesus Christ. That worship is not going to be based on any geographic locations, any relative associations, any particular affiliations, but only one thing, and that is faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And through that, you receive his spirit. And then when you have his spirit, then you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. When we look at our text, as I'm getting ready to come to a close, since God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, he said, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. The woman was talking to the Christ, but couldn't see him. I, I wonder today how many folks who who believe that they are walking with the Lord, but they don't see him. They, they got an image of the Lord. They, they think they know what he looks like, but, but they're seeing somebody who isn't the real risen Savior, who, who, who have spent days and nights and weeks and months and years, and they think they're on the right road, but they're on the wrong road because they have not gotten to know the true risen Savior. But Jesus says to the woman, she, he says, uh, Jesus says to her, I who speak to you am he. The I am that I am. The Jesus Christ, the, the anointed one, the, the Messiah who is to come. He, he is the same Messiah that lives today and wants to confront us and, and will confront us with our lifestyle. Because he wants us to be better. He wants us to be more in line with whom he's called us to be. 
God has left us here to be his representatives in the world, his ambassadors to a dark and a dismal world. If we do not shine the light of his glory in the world, then who will? And if our lifestyles are not in line with God's word, then our light has gone out. So that elephant has to be taken care of that's in the middle of the room. We can't shake and fake. We can't play games with this. We got to get right, y'all. We can't say we love the Lord, but then hate our brother. We, we can't say that we're unified, but yet we can't do anything together. We, we can't say that we're walking with the Lord and live and do and do, treat people any kind of way and do any kind of thing when we're away from the house of the Lord. No, all of it has to be in line. It's who we are in here has to be the same folk we out there. We need to be authentic in all of our dealings because it's in the marketplace of ideas where we are able to reach others for the goodness of the Lord. But if they can't see Jesus because your lifestyle ain't right, then how will they find him? Because you are the doorway to them getting to know the Lord. It is imperative that our lifestyles are fixed. It's imperative that we get that elephant out of the middle of the rule because all kinds of things hinge on the fact whether or not our lifestyles are in line with the word of God. So today, saints of God, as we end 2017 and going into 2018, if the Lord is gracious to give us more time, we ought to be those who are those who fight to get these elephants out the middle of our room. These elephants out of our church lives, these, these racist elements and get those out of our lives and get the, the bad religion out and learn how to have true religion and most of all, get our lifestyles right. Because it will be our lifestyle that men, women, boys and girls see on the outside. And if you ain't right, then they're not going to want the Jesus that you're talking about. You will be a bad taste in their mouths, which makes Jesus a bad taste for them. And you shall be responsible, amen, for your walk. So here is another opportunity for us to make sure that we walk right and not allow ourselves to wax old because we're hiding secret sins. So as we go into the new year, I challenge us to work on our lifestyles. All of us, because we all are a work in progress. Nobody's perfect in the house, amen. And we've got much work still to do, amen. But we've got another chance while the blood is running warm in our veins to be better tomorrow than we are today. And so I, it is my, my encouragement that I believe that we can be and that out of that will allow us to, to blossom and to flourish into areas and do things that we've never done before. And God is willing and able to carve out those spaces and to clean up those places in our life. That as David said, clean me up with hyssop. Amen. Create in me a clean heart that I might not sin against thee. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we thank you for your word on today. Lord, thank you for your word that will cause us to have an introspective on our lives, oh God. To look at ourselves and to, to look at the places that are crooked that need to be made straight. Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we need you. Master, we need you to work in us and do in us what we cannot do in ourselves. 
Master, so that we can be better, Master. We can live better. We can walk better. Master, we can be a more shining light into a dark and dismal world. That we can affect more lives because of your grace and mercy that shines through us, oh God. And most of all, Master, that we can put a smile on your face, oh God. Because you are pleased with who we are and how we're walking. Master, I don't consider it an easy thing, oh God. But I know that all things are possible through you, Master, if we believe. So Lord, keep us in your care, oh God. And help us to work to get these elephants out of the room. They're massive and they're, they're strong, but Master, you're greater than them all. And Master, in the name of Jesus, thank you for an opportunity to look and to gaze and to, to see and to know that which we are to work on, oh God. And Lord, we want to be so careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. The doors of the church are open. There may be somebody here today, amen, who needs the Lord, amen, today. Who may have been here time and time again, but the Lord is not inside of them, amen. At this time, if, if you want to join by letter or by Christian experience, amen, or by baptism, the doors of the church are open. And this is a day, amen, that we can have a real introspective into our lives, amen. And I'm so thankful to the Lord for his word that continues to convict, to correct, and to direct. Amen. Amen. There is room at the cross for you. There is room at the cross for you. Although millions have come, there.
Hello, Wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's Castbox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings. And hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast. And for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.